0: It's been said that every quilt tells a story, and it's so true. But I also believe every quilter has a story to tell. I wanted to hear about the people behind these wonderful quilts and thought you'd enjoy hearing about their lives also. Welcome to A Quilter's Life. <music> Suze Spenceley is an avid quilter and makes one-of-a-kind quilts that she sells through her business, Revelation Quilts. Each and every quilt she makes is personalized with love. It is her dream to motivate and inspire you to be your best self. As Suze and I chatted, I found out that the day this episode is to be published, it is her mother's birthday. So I wanted to add, happy birthday to Suze's mother. Congratulations on raising such a wonderful lady. Suze, I'm so glad that you could join me today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored that you asked. Well, thanks for coming
0: on. Where were you born and raised?
1: I was born in a little town in Illinois called Watsika, Illinois, and it's about 80 miles straight south of Chicago, and it's not a very big town. I think right now it's about 6,200 people. My parents were both raised in that area. So they met there and got married, and that's where I was born. When I was about five years old, we moved to Lincoln, Nebraska, and we spent a few years there until I was in about second grade, and then we moved to Nashville, Tennessee. My dad worked for a corporation that we moved around a lot, and so we spent a few years in Nashville. And then we moved back to Lincoln, Nebraska until I was in about sixth grade. And then we moved to Minnesota. We moved to Burnsville, Minnesota, which is a suburb that's just south of the Twin Cities, Minneapolis and St. Paul. We lived there when I graduated from high school. And then I stayed in that area up until about five years ago. Then we moved here to Texas.
0: Oh, wow. So you decided to get out of the cold.
1: That was the main reason that we left, was (laughs) to get out of the cold. We could not stand it anymore. The day that it was 35 below zero without a windchill was the day that we made the decision that we are going to move to Texas where it's mostly warm most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a special childhood memory? You know, I think that My favorite times growing up were when we lived in Lincoln, Nebraska. I loved it there. I think I was happy there. I had a sense of freedom as a kid. We lived in a pretty close-knit type of neighborhood where my best friend lived right across the street. And we would leave the house, especially in the summer. We would leave the house in the mornings. And just gallivant around the neighborhood, riding our bikes, sneaking off to the drugstore to buy candy, skateboarding down the sidewalk and playing with our Barbies and just exploring everywhere. That was my favorite place to live growing up. I think Lincoln, Nebraska is an awesome place to raise a family. But also, my favorite memories were going to take trips to. Illinois, where we went back to visit my grandparents. And sometimes we would stay there, me and my siblings, we would stay there for one or two weeks. Mom and dad would just drop us off for a couple weeks. And we got to hang out with grandpa and grandma, both sets of grandparents. And it was so fun because one grandma lived on a farm. So we got to just have a field day and just go do whatever we wanted just again it was that sense of freedom and no rules and she would call us in for lunch or dinner and then we'd be right back out again we just had so much fun I just loved exploring and messing around and seeing what kind of trouble we could get into so those were my favorite memories growing up as a kid
0: oh neat did you say you went off
1: to college I went to college in St. Cloud, Minnesota. I didn't graduate, but I was there for a little over a year. And then I came home and I ended up going to community college for just my general education. And I didn't finish college at either of those places. But instead, I got married and started a family. I think college is important if you know exactly what you want to do. Yeah. And I never really knew exactly what I wanted to do. I'm not going to say it was a waste of time because it was a valuable life experience. Yeah. But I didn't have a clear goal in mind or a clear end game. I couldn't see that final picture of what I wanted to do and where I wanted to be. So it was not productive for me at that point in my life.
0: Mm Hmm. Now, you said you moved down to Texas, and you're still there, right?
1: That's right. We live in Waco, Texas. When we first moved to Texas, we lived in Fort Worth. And then my husband, the company that he works for was bought out by another company. And so they offered him a job here in Waco, Texas. And so we moved here almost three years ago this month. And Waco is a phenomenal place to live. It's big enough that it has everything that you need, has all the restaurants, all the stores, all the fun things to do. But it's small enough where it still has that small town feel and everybody's real friendly. It's got a lot of southern hospitality. It's growing fast, though. A lot of people are moving here. And it's warm.
0: (laughs) Especially compared to Minnesota. Absolutely. Besides quilting, are there other crafts you do or have done?
1: Yes, I have tried a lot of different things. I have tried painting with acrylic paints, and I was pretty good at it. I have tried so many different hobbies and crafts, especially when I was In the phase where I was, I knew I had something that I was good at and that I would enjoy, but I just didn't know what it was. And so I went on this adventure of exploring all these different things to find out what I liked and what I was good at. And what kept happening is I would teach myself how to do something. For example, I taught myself how to crochet and I did it and I made something. And then I just really had no desire to do it again because I felt like I've kind of been there and done that and I don't really want to do that again. And same with painting. Okay, I made this great picture and it was fun, but I really had no desire to start a new one. I've always been kind of a a been there, done that person. So I just kept engaging and exploring different things in the hopes that I would kind of find my thing And I think everybody's creative, and so that's why it's really important for people to find their area of creativity. And sometimes the only way that you can find your area of creativity is to engage in different things and explore different things and just try different things out. There's so many creative outlets out there, and the only way you're going to find your thing is to just explore and to try different things. And so I have tried a lot of different things. I've tried diamond painting. I've tried drawing. I've engaged in music. I am a musical person. I've been in, in bands in my life. I have took piano lessons almost my whole childhood. And I knew there was something that was there for me but I could never quite put my finger on it. I never enjoyed anything enough to want to continue to pursue it until I discovered quilting.
0: Yes, so many. When the quilting bug bites, that's it.
1: (laughs) Yes. And I think the thing about quilting that really resonates with me is that they're not all the same. So when you are painting or when you're doing crochet or when you're scrapbooking, it's basically the same thing over and over, even though they might look different. But with quilting, there's so many different ways to make a quilt. I mean, granted, a quilt, most of the time, it's three layers, but there's infinite number of techniques you can use to make a quilt. And every quilt is completely different. And so that is why I'm never bored with it. And once I learn a technique, I can say, yep, I've been there and done that. Now it's time to learn a new technique. But I always stick to quilting. I try to learn a new technique with every quilt I make. And that really makes a huge difference in developing this passion that I have found for quilting and quilting to me is now a passion and I can't imagine not quilting and so my journey of finding my creative outlet is something that I would recommend to everybody because the only way I found it is through engaging and exploring other things and to just keep trying new things until you find something that sticks. Yeah, And that's why I love quilting. And that's why I'm glad that I pursued all those different things until I found my thing.
0: That's so neat. Are there other hobbies that you have?
1: I do. I have other hobbies and some might think they're kind of nerdy. I love genealogy. I've spent many years tracing my family back through many, many generations. And I love that research and discovery of finding new people that are part of your family. And so genealogy has been a really great hobby that I love. I also really like studying earthquakes. And I know that sounds so weird, but I keep track of earthquakes around the world. I look for patterns, and I just love learning about earthquakes and volcanoes and things like that. I have software on my computer that I monitor the earthquakes and the volcanoes around the world. And so that's what I do. I don't know if it just relaxes me or what, but (laughs) it's kind of a weird thing to like, but I love learning about earthquakes and volcanoes. Wow.
0: You would think that that would make you tense instead of relax.
1: No, I just think that earthquakes and volcanoes are the way that the earth regulates itself. If we didn't have earthquakes or volcanoes, I think not to sound like a fear but I, the earth would blow up. And it's just the same reason that we burp, you know. <laughs> it's the same thing. And so the earth has to adjust itself because that's the way God created it. And so we might have a shift here and that's a little earthquake and we might have a volcano here and that's a release of pressure. And so that's the way the earth was created and that's the way God created it mm-hmm. to just constantly adjust itself and so it's a natural phenomenon it's never a doomsday thing and I just think it's fascinating how it all works how neat
0: do you think those hobbies somehow show up in your quilting
1: I don't think they do yet but I think that it's possible that they might someday because I really look for inspiration everywhere For my quilts. And so since I really design my own quilts, you never know where inspiration is going to come up. So now that you asked me that question, already my mind is thinking, how can I make a volcano quilt? How can I make an earthquake quilt? (laughs) How can I make a genealogy quilt? You know, a family tree would look awesome on a quilt. So, of course, that gets my mind rolling because I've never really thought of doing those things before. You can bet that I will be getting my graph paper out later on and looking at how I can incorporate something really cool, like one of those things, into a quilt. But so far, they have not made it into my quilts. But that's a great idea.
0: (laughs) Well, when you mentioned with the earthquakes, it's kind of a puzzle. It is. And so are quilts. That's true. Or at least I think of them as a puzzle.
1: Sometimes they are definitely a puzzle that you have to put together just right or not just right. It just depends on what you want it to look like. (laughs) I always say that anything worth doing is worth doing wrong because it's the fact that you're doing it. It doesn't matter if it's wrong or right because a lot of great inventions were because something was done wrong according to what other people think. So a lot of the quilts that I've made, I've done wrong. And they turned out fantastic. Uh Uh-huh.
0: And I watched your YouTube Mm
1: -hmm.
0: where you said that the way you explained it on there, it really was freeing for me. So thank you for that.
1: Oh, you're welcome. I'm glad that it inspired you. Can you
0: tell me who introduced you
1: to quilting? You know, that's a really good question. I think ultimately I'm going to have to say it was my grandmother on my mother's side. And I didn't really make the connection until I was an adult already into quilting because I was trying to think back when my first experience with quilting was both my grandmothers were quilters and my mother is also a quilter. However, I don't think I got into quilting because of them, because I never really learned from them, although my mom did teach me how to applique. But when I was a little girl, my grandmother had one of those sewing machines with the trundle, the foot trundle. I think you call them a trundle, right? I'm not sure what that is. Can you describe it? It's like the foot pedal that powered the machine it wasn't an electric machine. And so it had this foot pedal that you pressed back and forth with your toes and your heel. And then that powered the machine. And so she had one of those sewing machines and she would let us play with it when we were little. And so she would give us these little cut up pieces of clothing that she had cut up into squares and she would let us sew them together on this machine. And so we were just playing And she was never really guiding us or instructing us. But it was kind of my first taste of what it's like to sew and to sewing those little pieces of fabric together. But she was a part of the quilting guild at her church. And so her and a bunch of the ladies all got together and made all these quilts by hand or they quilted them by hand. I'm sure they sewed them together by machine. But that was probably my first experience with quilting and so I would say that that grandmother probably introduced me to it but as far as learning how to quilt myself I really learned from books and I would buy a book like a quilt pattern book with maybe a hundred different quilting blocks and just learn how by following the directions how to make that block or I would learn from maybe watching a YouTube channel on how do I do this part how do I put a binding on a quilt I don't even know what that means but I'm going to try this I think my grandmother probably introduced me to it that was my first exposure to it I really am a self-taught quilter and
0: when did you start quilting
1: I started quilting in 2008, where I decided that this was my thing. And so I put away all the other half projects of all the other hobbies I tried, and I just devoted myself to this one.
0: Do you happen to have a favorite quilt?
1: I don't really think I do. My favorite quilt is whatever I'm... Currently, working on maybe because I never quite know how it's going to turn out. Because, like I said, I usually design all of mine myself because I want them to be unique and one of a kind. So, I have some that I've made that didn't turn out as good as I thought they were going to. And I have some that I still look back on and think, wow, that is amazing. I can't believe I made that. And so, I think there's certain techniques that I really enjoy. Like I really like paper piecing and I really like making those kaleidoscope quilts. I think they're also called one block wonders. Those are super fun for me to make. And it's just fun because as you're cutting them and putting them together, you never quite know how they're going to turn out until you actually sew them together and get them up on your design wall. So I think as far as a favorite quilt, I don't really have one, but I have favorite techniques that I really enjoy.
0: Mm -hmm. When you're working on your quilts, is there a tool that you just love?
1: Yes. I just bought the new rotary cutter from Martelli. It's ergonomic and you hold it differently it's got a handle that sticks out sideways
0: is that the one you were using in your youtube video
1: yes and that thing is amazing it's so comfortable to use and the blades last forever i've had mine for i think i've had it for a good three or four months now and i've never had to change the blade yet Although I'm probably getting close, but if you can get your hands on one of those Martelli cutters, it has changed the way I cut. You don't have to press down as hard as with a regular rotary cutter. And it's just so much more relaxing to use. And I've been able to adjust my table height because I don't have to press down so hard. So it's easier on my back. It's easier on my wrist and my hand. And so I would definitely recommend the Martelli cutters to everyone who can get one. Oh, neat.
0: That looked really interesting when I saw you using that. I thought it was different.
1: When I first saw them, I think the first time I saw one was at a quilt show or a trade show. And I thought, what in the heck is this weird looking thing? She's like, oh, do you want to try it? And I'm like, no way. I don't even like the way it looks. But then somebody let me try theirs and my life was changed. So don't let the weird look of it fool you. It is awesome.
0: (laughs) When you're making a quilt, do you like the whole process or is there a particular part that you like?
1: You know, I really, really enjoy the designing and the piecing. And I think that is my favorite part. I do all of it, but I like designing. I like sewing the quilt together and putting it up on my design board and rearranging it and looking at how different arrangements look. To me, the sandwiching The binding, that's just something you have to do with every quilt. And sometimes I am guilty of postponing that. So I have quite a few quilt tops in my closet. Maybe they're sandwiched, but they're not quilted and bound yet. So maybe I'm just waiting to see how I want to quilt it. But my favorite part is definitely the designing and seeing the quilt top come together That's definitely my favorite part. I know a lot of quilters send their quilt tops off to be quilted and sometimes bound by other people. But I really try to do the whole process myself. One, because it's a lot less expensive to do it yourself. And when you learn how to quilt on a domestic machine, you're just learning new skills. And so with every quilt that you quilt, you can up your game. And you can learn something new. And so I never pass up the opportunity to learn something new. It used to be that I would dread the quilting part because it seemed to me, in my mind, like I would make this amazing quilt top and then I'd ruin it by quilting it. But I quickly learned that I don't really ruin it by quilting it because nobody except for me thinks that that's not a good job. Everybody else thinks that's amazing. So, and I think as quilters, sometimes we're really hard on ourselves. And if you really hate it that much, just take it apart and do it again. But I've never taken one apart to do it again because I've learned to embrace my skills. And I've actually gotten quite good at machine quilting now. And so now where I used to dread that part, now I kind of look forward to it because. I wonder what I can do with this one. What am I going to try with this one? And so I really enjoy quilting it too. But I think my least favorite parts are sandwiching and binding, just because it's something you have to do. But the other parts are more creative. So they're my favorite. Now,
0: I'm curious with you quilting on your domestic machine. How big is the throat on your machine?
1: Well, up until a couple months ago, The throat on my machine was quite small because it was a small brother machine. So I'm going to say it was probably five inches, five and a half inches, maybe six inches. Since a couple months ago, I have a new machine now and it's got a nice eight or eight and a half inch throat space. So that has made a world of difference for me. I would end up fighting with my quilt sometimes just to get it quilted. And sometimes the quilt won, and sometimes I won. But I really like my new throat space. On my new machine, I bought a Brother Pace Setter. And so that has made a world of difference. Me and my quilts are friends now, again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) See, these questions are just personal. I had to know because I have a brother that has a six-inch throat, and I'm getting ready to put a really large quilt through it.
1: Oh my goodness. Good luck. Yeah. (laughs) Good luck. I know it's hard and it's hard to roll up that big bulky quilt and then have it go behind you and things like that. And in 2008, when I started quilting, I bought a brother machine from Walmart for $139 just to get me by Mm -hmm. until I got a better machine. And I was thinking that would be in like a year, six months to a year, But I ended up sewing on it for 13 years until it got sick. And I had to take it to the sewing machine doctor. And they said it would take 10 weeks to fix it. And so I thought, oh, no, there's no way I can go that long without sewing. (laughs) So, So I went and bought a new machine. I chose it mostly because I wanted a machine with a bigger throat space so I could do bigger quilts. It has made a world of difference to me.
0: Yeah. Tell me, what was your worst quilting experience?
1: Oh, my goodness. I think that that was probably the first quilt I tried to make. I almost gave up. The quilt never did get finished. In fact, I have it here in my quilting studio as a reminder. And it was an attempt at something that was probably above my skill level I didn't know anything about seam allowances at the time. I didn't even know what a seam allowance was. I wanted a big fluffy quilt. So I used, <laughs> so I used extra high loft batting because I thought that would make it really fluffy. I've got the quilt top done and I've got it sandwiched and I started hand quilting it. But if you looked at that quilt, you would see that none of my intersections match because the seam allowances are all over the place. I thought, what in the heck am I doing attempting this? <laughs> <laughs> and so I never did finish it. And once in a while, I drag it out and I look at it and I just laugh because that quilt that I was attempting was way ahead of my skill level at the time. And I don't even know what pattern it was anymore. And I don't know where I found I think it was from a fat quarter book maybe, but I don't know if I'll ever finish it because I just like having it there as a reminder. We all have our first quilt and we all have our last quilt. (laughs) And if there's no progress between those, then that's a problem. But yeah, I always want to keep it just as a reminder. It probably still has pins in it. You know, it was from so long ago and it's red, white, and blue. I was going to make a patriotic lap quilt. And so that was probably my worst quilting experience. And I'm really glad I stuck with it and didn't give up right then and there. Mm-hmm. So
0: what has drawn you to this craft of quilting rather than using your time on other things?
1: I think really what it is, is that it's back to the creativity thing. You know, we all were made in the image of our creator. And so that makes us creative too. And so... I believe that everybody should find their creative thing. And I make quilts because I can. And because I believe it's my purpose. Like we were all created on purpose with a purpose and for a purpose. And I believe that this is my purpose, not only to make quilts, but to coach people on how to bring out their creativity and how to find their creative thing, their creative outlet. And so when I'm making a quilt, I am in my happy place. Time can go by and I don't even realize it. Before I know it, I should be making dinner, you know, or I should be (laughs) going to bed or I should be doing a million other things, but I just want to make this next block or I want to see what happens if I sew these together what if I cut this this way and I love making happy mistakes I love making quilts I love the whole process from start to finish because you can have an idea in your head you can put it on graph paper or on a computer program or however you design and to see that go from an idea to a tangible item that you can hug and feel that's amazing like how many people get to say that and so that's why I make them because the more I make the better at it I become and it just makes me so happy and I am so grateful that I've done a lot of you know, work on myself to find out what my thing is. And I'm glad I engaged and I'm glad I explored all those different things because it made me completely sure that this is my thing. And so I make quilts because I can and because it's now become a skill that I am good at and I'm not tired of it. And the fact that I'm not a been there, done that with this. And so I just want to keep making them because the next one is going to be even better than the last one. And so that's why I make them.
0: That is so great. And tell me who you make them for.
1: Well, I generally don't make quilts with anybody specific in mind when I start. However, I pray over each quilt and as I'm making them, certain people will come into my mind. An example is there's one quilt that I'm making. The whole time I was putting it together, one of my friends kept popping into my head. And so I don't want to say who it is because she hasn't received it yet. Mm -hmm. The whole time I'm making it, just this person kept coming on to my heart and coming into my mind. And so it has pretty much been decided who I'm making this quilt for. Now I have three children and two stepchildren. And the year before last year, I had a bunch of different quilts and I decided to give each of my kids a quilt for Christmas and I let them choose. So I sent them pictures of all of them. I went from oldest to youngest. (laughs) So, so the oldest got to pick the one he wanted and then the next, and then the next. And so some are for the kids, some are for the grandkids, but I really honestly don't have anyone in mind when I'm making my quilts. And then some I offer up for sale. And so only God knows who that quilt is for. I try to do the best job I can on every quilt because I don't know who's going to end up with that. And so I really don't make them with anybody in mind. And some I keep for myself. Like if I know that, you know, I have a bedroom that's purple. It's got purple in it. So I made a Bargello with black and white and purple. So I knew that one was for me. But generally, I don't make them with anybody in mind because only God knows who's going to end up with that quilt. And so that's usually how it works for me.
0: Wow. On your website, you also have... It says personal touch. So for people that buy them from your website,
1: how does that work? So when somebody orders a quilt from my website, usually I'll ask them if they want a quilt label on it, and if they do, I ask them if there's something specific, like if they're buying it as a gift for someone else, I could personalize a message on that quilt label Or if they have a favorite scripture, I can put a scripture on that quilt label. So I'll personalize it in that way. If they don't give me something specific, then I will pray over it and I'll ask the Holy Spirit to give me a scripture for that quilt. For example, one of my quilts, it's my Matthew 526 quilt, and where it talks about how we should not worry about anything because the birds of the air... Don't worry about where the next meal is coming from. And aren't we more important than them? And so I made a quilt with birds on it and with that specific scripture on it. So on the label, it will again have that specific scripture on it. So that was a, a definitely a quilt that was, it was inspired by scripture and inspired by the Holy Spirit. That's how I can personalize a quilt for someone. Wow
0: what are you working on right now?
1: What I'm working on right now is I'm making a string quilt for my next YouTube tutorial. It's a scrappy string quilt. And so I have tutorials on YouTube and that's the one I'm currently working on right now. I'm in the middle of filming how to make a piano keyboarder for it. So that is currently what I'm working on. Also, I just finished a quilt top of a kaleidoscope quilt that turned out really beautiful. And so now I just have to quilt that and bind it. So those are the two right now that are kind of on my table and my design wall.
0: How many projects do you normally have going on at once?
1: Oh my goodness. If I was an obedient quilter, I would say two or three. But like I said, there's quite a nice little stack of quilt tops in my closet that I still need to quilt and bind. There's a hexagon quilt that is kind of in the process. And when I don't know what to work on, I'll maybe do a couple of those. So I would say there's probably six or seven that are in the process right now, but there's usually one that I'm mostly focused on at a time. Mm
0: -hmm. Please share a quilting tip.
1: Pay attention to seam allowances (laughs) and it sounds so basic, but it's so very important. And I would say that everybody's machine is a little different and everybody's seam allowance is a little bit different, but I think seam allowance is a key to quilting, I guess. Oh, and ironing. I iron everything every seam that I sew gets an iron almost right away. And so I really like doing that because it keeps everything nice and neat and organized. And if I'm going to give you one more tip, this has saved my life, is organize your scraps. I spent about a month organizing my scraps and it has been a game changer because anything that's smaller than a fat quarter gets cut up into manageable size pieces. So like I have a whole drawer of 10-inch squares, 5-inch squares, 2 and a half inch squares, and 3-inch squares, and 2 and a half inch strips, 1-inch strips. And so I've organized all my scraps into these things. And then after I finish a project, all those scraps that I just used for that project I cut those into the specific sizes and add them to my drawers of my stash so that I never, I never have to guess how much fabric is in this folded piece of fabric. Because if it's smaller than a fat quarter, then it's in one of my drawers of my organized scraps. So being organized is super important.
0: So you don't worry about putting them together by color, just size.
1: Just size. Okay. Yes. Because I can go through the stack of five inch squares and I can find the colors I want. Wow. I think I'm going to end up doing a tutorial on how to organize your (laughs) scrap because it has literally changed my life. It's made me so much more of an organized quilter. It took me a long time to do it because I had a lot of scraps that were almost shoved in a bookshelf. I would say it took me a good month of working on it a little bit every day to get it to where I want it. And now I have a drawer system, you know, those rolling carts with the drawers. Uh-huh. And I have one just full of 10-inch squares, one full of 5-inch squares. And so when I'm designing, I'll just grab a couple uh, charm squares out of there just to play with what I'm working on. Mm -hmm. and it's so much better. My yardage, I still have my yardage and my fat quarters, but nothing's worse than grabbing what you think is a fat quarter and finding a square cut out of it, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So I like to be organized. It has made a big difference.
0: Yeah. So I wanted to talk about your business too. So can you describe how you went from having quilting as a hobby to a business?
1: Well, it was a revelation to me, and that's why I named my business Revelation Quilts because I have really enjoyed quilting. And so, you know, that the, there's a saying that if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Mm-hmm. And so, I love quilting, and so how can I do this for a living? So I'd been thinking about that so much, and I have a coach he's a purpose coach and so he helps people find their purpose and so he had been working with me and so I was sitting in church one day just worshiping and I had my little book there where I took notes from the message and things and and all of a sudden I started writing out revelation quilts revelation (laughs) quilts and I thought wait what's this and I wrote it down in this book I wrote I want to make sure I say how I wrote it. I wrote making quilts for people, sending them comfort, hope, and love with a personalized message and then selling them. And the thought just came to me as a revelation in church. And so (laughs) I thought, okay. And so I, I presented the idea to my husband and he thought that was a great idea. And I was shocked, but he, he said, yeah, I think that's a great idea. And so I started to do a little research, like how much would I sell these quilts for? And so I figured that out and I thought, okay, this isn't about selling quilts. This is about doing what I love. If nobody buys a quilt ever, then I'm still being obedient by this revelation because in the revelation, it was, this is what you need to do. And so my thought was, okay, I'm going to be obedient and I'm going to set up this business called Revelation Quilts because this was the message from the Holy Spirit to do this. And so if nobody buys a quilt, I'm still being obedient But since this revelation came, this was a promise to me from the Holy Spirit. So if I'm obedient, then God's going to do his part and somebody's going to buy a quilt. (laughs) So out of obedience, I just set it up with the state of Texas as a business entity. And I called it Revelation Quilts. I set up a website. I set up a Facebook page. I set up a YouTube account. I did everything out of obedience and I just started making quilts and posting them for sale. And so that's how it came up as a business is just out of obedience. And so many people have quilting businesses where they like maybe do quilting for other people and I don't have a long arm quilting machine. And so I knew that that wasn't gonna be my thing. But my thing was gonna be these quilts that I'm making for people I don't know and I don't know who's gonna buy these but I just set it up so that whoever the Holy Spirit brings to buy a quilt that's who I'm making the quilt for and so most of it's just done out of obedience if I could tell you about this obedience adventure I went on recently I had a dream a couple months ago now. And in this dream, I was back at this church in Lincoln, Nebraska that I went to when I was a little girl. And this was a beautiful church. And I had so many profound experiences in this church as a young girl. And so in this dream, I saw myself standing up in front of this church, speaking to the congregation and presenting them with a quilt. And I woke up And I thought, wow, that was a weird dream. (laughs) So the quilt that I was working on at the time was called Stained Glass. It was a quilt that looked like stained glass. And so I kept thinking about this dream, and I couldn't stop thinking about this dream. So I decided that this is a message from the Holy Spirit. I think this is a dream that was given to me from God. So I decided to make a journey to this church that I haven't thought about or been to in decades. And I took my daughter with me and we drove to Lincoln, Nebraska from Waco, Texas. They didn't know we were coming. And I went into this church and I talked to the pastor. I said, Hey, you don't know me, but I went here when I was a little girl and I have a gift for this church. And so I stood up in front of the church the next Sunday and presented this quilt to the church as a gift out of gratitude and honor for giving me a foundation of faith. And not one person in that church knew who I was. And I had to prove that I went there by looking at old church directories from when I was little. (laughs) And the actual event happened just like the dream said it would. And that was so profound. And so now this quilt is hanging in this church. They did the service on YouTube. So it's on YouTube, me standing in front of this congregation (laughs) and presenting this thing. And I am not a public speaker by trade. I don't normally do things like that. But I did it out of obedience because of this dream. And so this is why I make quilts. This is why I do what I do. It's all out of obedience. And so this is my purpose. This is what I was born to do. And I will continue to do it until I can't anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. I take it that it was after you started the business, got the business license, that that's when you started actually selling your quilts.
1: That's correct. I started my business on January 1st, 2020. That was right before... COVID hit. Mm -hmm. I think that that timing gave me something to do. And while most people were in a panic and fearful and losing their jobs, I was flourishing because I was just following what I thought I was supposed to be doing. And so that is when I started my business and it went into effect January 1st in 2020. And so it's been a little over a year and a half now, I guess almost two years. It's been doing very well. Can you tell
0: me the excitement you felt when someone, even maybe someone you didn't know, first bought one of your quilts?
1: I was shocked and astonished. And I thought it was not real. And I thought this has got to be a scam, like a complete stranger who I didn't know wants one of my quilts. (laughs) (laughs) I was just shocked. And I thought, wow, I can't believe this. Like I was super excited. And I was grateful, super grateful. I was just amazed, I guess is a good way to put it. And I still kind of in unbelief at it because For me, it's something that's kind of easy. Like anybody can be a quilter. Anybody can quilt, right? And so the fact that somebody bought one of mine, I was honored and in awe. The awesome thing about it is all my quilts are one of a kind. So you're never going to see another quilt like that quilt. But I was shocked and in awe, and I was a little suspicious. (laughs) like, seriously? Like somebody actually bought one i can't believe it because they're not an inexpensive item and so i was really i was really surprised but i was extremely grateful too
0: i do have to say what i saw on your website your prices are very very reasonable
1: oh thank you most people who aren't quilters don't understand that i've had people say to me well i would never pay that much for a blanket And I'm like, you're right. You would never pay that much for a blanket because these aren't blankets. (laughs) (laughs) You can go to Walmart and buy a blanket. Uh, These are handmade quilts that took hours and hours to make. So, yeah, I think they're reasonable. And I think most quilters also think they're reasonable.
0: I was thinking they were even more than reasonable. When I looked at your prices, I thought, that's just the cost of the fabric. Are you getting
1: anything
0: for your time?
1: I am. I put a lot of thought and effort into my pricing. And so most of my quilts are not huge. Most of them are lap quilts or maybe like a smaller twin, only because I had that small machine. But now that I have a bigger machine, but thank you. I appreciate your feedback on that. I really do. Mm
0: -hmm. Now, I also saw you have a tab that said workshops. Are you currently doing workshops or do you plan to do workshops?
1: I'm currently not doing workshops. I think ultimately my goal, I believe where this will take me will be to do workshops and seminars and public speaking and to travel around and do that. That is my ultimate goal. I think that right now I'm just doing tutorials on YouTube. And I am selling the quilts that I make, but I think eventually that's what I want to get into. And a lot of it, I'm waiting until this pandemic and seeing what's going to happen with that, whether travel is even going to be an option down the line or what. So I'm just letting God lead me in this. I do love teaching and I do love speaking. So I am excited to see where this is leading even though all my quilts are original designs, I currently am not creating patterns. I believe that people should have access to quilting tutorials and free tutorials and free places where you can learn about quilting. I think eventually I will be making patterns and maybe marketing digital patterns or something like that, but Right now, I just want to educate people on how easy it is, and that's something that everybody can do it, and I think everybody should try it. And quilting might not even be your thing, but it's part of that engaging and exploring different things. And so I want to make it easy for people to try it. My grandmother used to say, if you can read, you can sew. Hmm. And so basically, quilting is just sewing a bunch of straight lines. you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's cutting up fabric and sewing it back together in interesting designs and so eventually this will take me to other places but for now I'm just taking it one step at a time so right now I'm doing tutorials and I'm selling my quilts but that is going to take me to different places. The best journeys are one step at a time.
0: Yeah. On your logo with Revelation Quilts you have An interesting pinwheel. Now, I have a simple nine patch because I wanted a simple design for my podcast. But your pinwheel is very interesting. How did you come up with that for your logo?
1: I am not sure I remember. I think that I drew it out and I just colorized it. I kind of have a thing for flying geese. And I like pinwheels. And so I just wanted to figure out how I could put that together. And so I thought it just went well. I don't know how much more I can say about that. (laughs)
0: Okay. (laughs) Well, that's great. When people see it, they will see the flying geese in it too. So that
1: makes sense. Yeah, I feel like I should make a quilt like that now. (laughs) It would be pretty. Yeah. Tell me
0: where to find your business.
1: Well, I have a website at www.revelationquilts.com. There is also a Facebook page at Revelation Quilts. And my YouTube channel, if you just look up Revelation Quilts on a YouTube channel, that's where my tutorials are.
0: Great. Great. Now, on the YouTube channel, a few of your YouTube videos are You Are Creative.
1: That is another YouTube channel I have where that is my suspense YouTube channel. And that is where I plan on interviewing people who are creative in different ways. So my plan is to feature different creative outlets from different people. And so I have somebody lined up who's a high school art teacher, and she's going to be talking about how to encourage your children to find their creative outlet. I also have a friend of mine who is an amazing musician and a photographer, and he's going to be talking about his creative outlet. And so the idea of the You Are Creative channel is to get people to engage and explore all the different creative outlets out there. If you look on Wikipedia under hobbies, it lists thousands and thousands of possible hobbies. And so there's a hobby for everybody basically. And so I really want to inspire people to find their creative outlet. Cause like I said before, we're all made in the image of our creator. And so that makes us creative too. And so Everybody is creative, and a lot of times our purpose revolves around our creative ability and our creative outlet. And so, when we are most alive, it's when we're being creative. And so, everybody has something, there's no debate about it. Everybody's got something that they're creative at. And so, that channel, the You Are Creative channel, is really there to inspire people to find their creative outlet.
0: That's great. That's going to be really neat to see.
1: Thank you. Is there anything else, Suze, that you
0: would like to share with me?
1: Well, I just really appreciate you asking me to come on your podcast. I am super excited to inspire people again to just find their creative outlet and be creative, even if it's not quilting. But I just have a particular fondness for quilting. But just keep exploring and keep engaging. And keep finding your thing and your life will be so much better for it.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much.
1: Thank you for having me. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: You can find more stories on AquiltersLife.com or subscribe on your favorite podcast player so each episode will be downloaded automatically. Also, I want to hear about you and your wonderful quilts. Please contact me, Paula Chamberlain, through the website to set up an interview. And as always, thanks for listening.